Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 210th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Football is back. Uh, it's been back. It's been back because uh, of college football, of course. It's but been back. The NFL is back. Fantasy football is back. We're all very excited. I'm wearing my Christian McCaffrey jersey. You look great. He's back. He's going to stay healthy all season. Definitely. Yeah. Probably. Um, Kyle, you've got uh, Josh Allen on multiple yes. fantasy teams. Yes, I'm quite leveraged with Josh Allen this year. I decided to uh, go early quarterback in a couple leagues, so we'll see if it pays off for me. We're, we're playing each other in at least one league tonight or wow. this week, so... Uh, did you draft him in the first round ever? Of a dynasty startup, yes. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Not in redraft? No. No, no, no. no. I'm not that. <clears throat> no. Come on. It seems like fantasy football, maybe I've just like so perfectly put myself into certain echo chambers, but it seems like fantasy football is popping off this year. Yeah, I think it's like Everybody's gain- talking I about really it. feel like it's gaining in popularity a lot in the last few years, especially this off season. it seemed. Yeah. Like, but then again, you know, I'm on Twitter a lot and Twitter True. knows what I like. So yeah. that's probably part of it. Yeah. That's mainly what I was meaning is like on Twitter, you can basically cultivate the perfect uh, ecosystem For where sure. you never have to see anything that you don't like that's unless you media. want to. That yeah. is social media in general. Yes. Um, I love telling Twitter, like, don't show me this stuff. Yeah. Um, tell them what's up. Yeah. Uh, Mizzou's 1-0. We'll talk about the Louisiana Tech game. We're going to talk about the Kansas State game. Big game week two. Uh, We've got some news and things, but before we do that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to us. And you can support us on Patreon, just like our newest supporter over there, Aaron Houlihan. Shout out to Aaron. Thanks. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for joining the Discord server. Uh, Just hopped right in, making friends right away. We love to see it. That could be you. Not you, Kyle. You're already in it. I'm well established. But everybody listening, that could be you if you want. Um, What do you want to talk about first? Good news or bad news? Uh, Give me a little good news. Good news is Missouri got a big commitment from four-star offensive lineman Logan Reichert, a home state kid, and he's 6'6", 350 pounds, um, adding to an already decent recruiting class for Mizzou and uh, making it even better. I want to say, and I, I think it was Dave Matter that tweeted this, but it's the first four-star in-state offensive lineman that has committed to Mizzou since, like, 2014 or something? Yeah, 2015, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this is just a huge commitment, and you know we've we cover a lot of recruiting in the off season, and so we've talked a lot about Logan Reichert in the last twelve months or so, and so it's a guy we've been on for a long time, and has kind of just been that beacon of hope for all this time. Like we felt good about him for a while, and so it, you know it sounded like he's been the, he's been committed for even a couple of months now. So the the coaching staff knew where he was going we felt pretty good about where he was going but um it's still great to make it official and and just you know have the big announcement and and see him with the mizzou shirt on a shirt on and all that stuff so uh if you don't know already logan Riker is a four-star offensive tackle from raytown high school in kansas city uh this man as a senior in high school is six seven 350 pounds today's his birthday and happy birthday, Logan Record, And he's ranked 87th nationally on Rivals. So uh, anytime you're adding a top 100 player, that's that's enormous. And it's uh, an in-state kid um, who genuinely really seems like he just wants to suit up for, for the Tigers. And so um, that's super exciting. He was down to Mizzou and Oregon and uh, kind of just always felt good there. And so got the good news today. Yeah. Um Power Mizzou and Gabe Diarman had live video going on YouTube of the announcement, and then um, they interviewed him real quick afterwards. That's kind of cool. Was, that was very cool. Um, it was always a good sign. I saw, I I pulled up the video, and like the first thing I heard was Gabe say, right after his announcement, 
uh, we're going to talk to him about his decision either way. Yeah. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel pretty good feel about pretty this. Good. Yeah. It did already, but that kind of sealed the deal. Mm-hmm. And it, the announcement was like 30 seconds long. Oh, yes. Absolutely love that. Beautiful. Right on time. And yeah, I picked Mizzou, wearing a Mizzou shirt and everything. And then he told Gabe right afterwards that he told Coach Drinkwitz and everybody that he was coming to Mizzou. He told them after his official visit, like the last day of his official visit when he was headed home back in June. Yeah. So uh, it's honestly shocking that nothing more concrete had leaked before today. It was like, yeah, everybody feels pretty good, but... um, I'm surprised we didn't hear through the rumor mill or anything like actually I know for a fact he it's told kind of the coaching a, staff he's a silent he's commit for three months yeah 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 I mean uh this is just massive and he's offensive tackle so you know projects to potentially play left tackle which a lot most people would say that's probably the most important position on the offensive line so kind of defending the quarterback's blind side and speaking of the left tackle uh Javon Foster has a pretty big uh, job on his hands that we'll talk a little bit later, but um, super exciting commitment and have been kind of wanting to see that one become official for a while. Um, so moving on to a little bit of bad news. I, it's good and bad. I mean, it's, it's quite a situation with um, wide receiver Chance Looper. Uh, he was in, didn't play last week, and Coach Drinkwitz has announced publicly now that he was – hospitalized in basically an emergency situation where doctors decided he absolutely cannot play football right now and but basically there's not a lot of details but there was an underlying medical illness situation that kept him off the field and he's okay he's fine basically health-wise but um, until more details come out about that he's not going to be seeing the field anytime soon i would say yeah crazy like literally the day of the game last week it yeah it sounded like he was having some chest pains having tr- having trouble breathing and stuff so obviously yeah. like incredibly serious like a very emergent uh, like emergency like medical conditions yeah. so yeah good to hear that he's that he's in stable condition and doing well um no clue if he's gonna you know return this year or what that's gonna look like but uh, i'm glad he's doing well and then the last little bit of news uh, before we recap the Louisiana Tech game is uh, College Football Playoff Committee has voted to expand the playoff to 12 teams by the 2026 season. So it could come before that, but sounds like at the latest, uh, 2026, there will be 12 teams. Yeah, I think this is great um, for college football. I think it's great for Missouri. And, uh, you know, I think I've seen I've, I've seen a few people kind of try and have a contrarian viewpoint a little bit. Um, you know, I, I just I can't see it. I'm sorry. I just disagree. If you think that this is a bad thing for Missouri or a bad thing for college football, uh, I won't get too deep in the culture or deep in, in, into the weeds. But I just, you know, in Missouri's best years and they, they've had in the last 20 years, they're still not even making a 14 playoff. So yeah. um, I think this is, you know, Give something for Missouri fans to be excited about all year long as a potential to be in that conversation. And, uh, yeah, more football, more fun. Yeah, and 2026, you know, there's a group of Missouri Tigers that might be peaking around that time. So, never know. Never know. They might line up nicely. Um, Yeah, I was just thinking back through – the last few times that Missouri's been in that like top 15 top 10 situation at the end of the regular season and I don't know I just feel like in every situation you look at the caliber of team Missouri had and some of their losses and some of their biggest games and I think they're right there in it I mean like 2007 Oklahoma, Kansas, and Missouri are all making a 12-team playoff. And Oklahoma that year lost to West Virginia in their bowl game. Missouri won. uh, Kansas won the Orange Bowl. So those were three great teams from the Big 12 that kind of beat each other up and kept any one of them from playing in the national championship game that year. And uh, I think it's 
plausible that, um, you know, that's Missouri's only chance to win a national championship mm-hmm. is an expanded playoff where they get a shot at it by they get hot at the right time. Exactly. And you can do that for uh, 2013 as well. Mm-hmm. And look at the teams that were involved. Yeah. It came down to Missouri in the SEC championship game with Auburn. And uh, there's, you know, a handful of teams there that I think would be able to compete with Auburn or uh, the eventual champion Florida State. That Auburn-Florida State game was a really close game. Mm-hmm. I think there's really exciting matchups to be had in a 12-team playoff and um, upsets aren't as likely in football as they are in basketball or anything but mm-hmm. let's at least give some of these teams a shot yeah for sure I mean that's the beauty of and you just said it. I mean it's not this it's not the equivalent but I think of March Madness I mean that is such a great sporting event there's things that you could never predict in a million years that happen in that event and uh, I definitely think that it might not happen as, as often in the 12-team college football playoff but definitely crazy events and unpredictability and uh, maybe even some of the top teams going down would certainly be a realistic um, outcome and I mean just thinking of Missouri having a season where they're fighting for a top 12 spot that just sounds so fun to me and yeah. it re- realistically attainable basically in a year and you know we we get excited if Missouri makes the field of 68 in the NCAA tournament you know right. that's a good year for Missouri basketball especially lately um, making a top 12, that's that's certainly among the elite company in, in the sport. And and I will admit, like, there's probably not – I can't think of another sports league that's as top-heavy as college football mm-hmm. right now. Yep. And that's not a good thing. But – and a 12-team playoff does not change how dominant Alabama or Georgia or, or Ohio State are right mm-hmm. now. Yep. But, um, you know – outside of those three and outside of those three i mean we've seen oklahoma come and go we've seen clemson come and go we've seen oregon come and go so i don't know i think there's room for even if there's three dominant teams at any given time that are just those three are the only ones really in contention right and well two of them are gonna have to play each other right if if there's three of them and nick saban is not going to coach forever and teams will cycle in and out of of elite uh you know play and uh i just think um i don't remember what point i was gonna make yeah actually uh, the point you make i think is a college football issue in general i don't think that that's really like a playoff right playoff doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that there's two or three dominant teams that's more a problem with the sport in general and um i just i want to see more recruits go to a wider scope of schools and maybe um, a larger possibility of a national championship or, or playoff berth uh, maybe encourages some some uh, variance in where recruits are going. Yeah, that's absolutely. I agree with that 100%. If you're a recruit that is looking at the Ohio State, Alabamas of the world, and then maybe you've got your hometown, Mizzou, if there's a path to the college football playoff and that means a path to a national championship right there in front of you mm-hmm. then yes yeah, that makes a difference and doing it yeah, yeah. if you're and, and again we get excited when was this kind of uh is more a statement on the state of mizzou football right now but we're happy to see them in the top 25 nowadays and if that's where the bar is we should be very happy with a 12 team playoff that it's my opinion yep. but. all right uh nobody's getting to the playoff and if they lose to louisiana tech that's probably a fair so assessment we are one step closer to the playoff uh anything else we need to talk about before we get into this week one um you want to talk about just our general experience yeah yeah that's how it's going to start the experience so yeah we were lucky enough to attend this game in person and uh wonderful atmosphere but it all started with one of our patreon supporters hooking us up with a parking pass and a tailgating opportunity so shout out to brit for that and as you can see here on the table if you're watching on youtube this is a note and signature from mizzou head basketball coach what's it witten family head basketball coach uh (laughs) dennis gates uh so to make a, a long story short, our guy Britt, one of the listeners, 
was sitting next to Coach Gates on an airplane out of Columbia and said, basically asked, like, hey, could you write a note for uh, these podcast guys? They, you know, cover the, the team and everything. And so he did. Uh, he says, to Missouri Sports Podcast, thank you for all the support. Continue to do your best. M-I-Z, Coach Gates. And not only did he do that, Britt went ahead and got it framed, and we have the pen, and it's incredible. Yeah. So special thank you to Britt for this, for your hospitality. Yeah. Um, sure. On Thursday, that was all, you know, more than we expected mm -hmm. and delightful. Yeah, seriously, so awesome, and we appreciate you very much. And yeah, Thursday was a blast. Had great seats. Uh, pretty much perfect outcome game wise, and yeah, it was it was a fantastic day. Yep. Uh, we also got to talk to Tyler, one of our listeners and supporters. So <laughs> yeah, shout out to was, Tyler. Yeah, it was great to see you. Enjoyed oh, your company, everybody. I will have to find a permanent spot for this bad boy pretty mm -hmm. soon. Yeah. Um, anything else just about our, our experience there? I thought it was a good turnout. Um, the Tiger Stripe Stadium mm -hmm. worked pretty well, I thought. Yeah. Uh, the students showed up full force. I yeah. was really impressed with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like they're making some good changes to the game day experience and stuff. I think they've had some good ideas. And, um, man, the south end zone looks great. We yep. were sitting right there by by the end zone. We're actually in the section but close to it. And it was a beautiful evening, too. I mean, it was, the stadium looked really good. Yeah, uh, the players coming out through the fans in the south end zone is, is really cool. Yeah. Um, what else? We didn't try the food lockers or mobile ordering food because you I told no, you I wouldn't there's no cell service in the stadium that's true <laughs> and at so least for we, the first half yeah we didn't yeah, that's true uh, we didn't get to try the food lockers uh, maybe next time um, as far as the actual game goes uh, Mizzou won the game 52 to 24 I was pretty close with my uh, prediction I was only off by four points I said 48 to 24 Mizzou um, you had like 42-27 or something like that. So all around pretty close. We uh, we knew they'd score some points and give up some points. That was pretty much what happened. <laughs> yeah. I would say overall our uh, preview episode was pretty on the money for how the game actually turned out. And if I can got brag a little bit. garbage time too. Yeah, garbage time points. What yeah. you guys said. Um, honestly, we'll get to this uh, in more detail, but I was pretty impressed with the defense only giving up I think 17 points up until, uh, you know, very late in the game. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where to start with this. Like, oh, let's start with the first um, Mizzou offensive possession. That was a little bit of a head scratcher and a little bit concerning in yeah. the moment, especially in the stadium when people started booing when yeah, they didn't people, go for it on fourth down. People were not happy around us, like, immediately. Yeah. Which is kind of, like, understandable uh just i yeah I, I literally wrote on my paper that it was a scary beginning and you know it's just the three just completely lateral passes that were easily pick sixes or just basically gainers for nothing and you know i understand like maybe wanting to spread them out early and you know just try and get them all over the field get them get them running try and um win the the fatigue game um you know over the course of the game but it was a little strange and just three right there in a row and then the kind of confusion on fourth down and like are they going for it because it didn't yeah. seem like they really knew what they were going to do so yeah i i would say in an, in under normal circumstances i wouldn't be too worried about something like that and now that the game is over and we have hindsight that was just a blip on the radar mm -hmm. but for coach drinkwitz to be talking all off season yes. almost about like He's got to open up his play calling. They've got to, you know, be more aggressive and just saying that over and over again and kind of making us over the course of the offseason be like, okay, like he's learned a few things. We're going to see a more explosive passing game. Come out swinging. Yeah. And then to just get the opposite of that yeah. was like, like. You had all the offseason to draw that up? Yeah. Three completely just lateral passes? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, that was a little concerning. And then I, I noticed this live but i think it was more apparent on the tv broadcast i watched it back afterwards and i think that perhaps brady cook had um it he could have snapped the ball and run a play on fourth down mm -hmm. if he wanted to yep 
because it looked like when he's coming off the field, um, they they take a delay of game and punt on fourth down, and they try to draw him off sides. But as he's running off the field, it looks like Coach Drink is telling him, like, hey, when you see this, you know, that's when you should do this. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out they were, there was a conversation that happened right there that – that's my best guess of what they were talking about. It seemed like it was in Brady's hands. Yeah, if, potentially. what they wanted to do. Yeah, Drinkwitz was disappointed or upset about something a little bit there and kind of telling him, like, hey, you know, I don't know. He was coaching him up but also critiquing something that happened there. And the only thing I can imagine is, you know, he got a look that he, if he if you get this look, run this play. Mm-hmm. And he got it but didn't realize it or, you know, didn't want to pull the trigger or yeah. something. I mean, yeah, they were they were still in their own territory. So yeah. if they don't get that, they give up some pretty amazing field position for sure. I was not, I really was not upset at all with a the punt there. It's just I think it just I think everybody was just annoyed with the confusion right off the bat. Is what it's, it seemed like. Yeah, it was this feeling of like, okay, like you're supposed to come out and score with this offense against this defense mm-hmm. is not supposed to have issues and you just act like okay fourth down you know we're not even thinking about it we're lining up on offense and it kind of gives the crowd like okay didn't love those first three play calls but we're gonna stay aggressive here and try to get this first down yeah it was probably almost a little bit of like wow those first three plays went terribly i'm a little bit afraid to go for it here or something i don't know they just didn't seem confident in that first drive but first drive jitters i mean in my opinion just say okay we're just punting yeah just that's just punted away what i would have preferred yeah but all's well and ends well that was uh that was a little made me a little nervous early but then they got it together Mm -hmm. um i thought over the course of the game the offense looked pretty solid uh brady cook was 18 of 27 passing for 201 yards one touchdown one interception what do you think of his performance overall yeah, I mean, I really just think the f- the first half, really in general, I was just I was maybe a little bit disappointed with with Brady Cook in general, but um, thought he looked much more comfortable in the second half. Was kind of throwing it down the field, was taking his time, and not you know had, didn't have happy feet in the pocket quite as much, and um, kind of found his his two best targets probably, and and love it and burden, and kind of got the ball in their hands, and so yeah, th- that first half it got off to a little bit of a slow start, especially the first quarter. Um, but once he once he got going, I think he, he looked pretty good. Uh, Cook definitely did a few things that I really liked. Um, he had a couple plays where the defense got through almost immediately, and he rolled out but kept his eyes downfield. Mm-hmm. One time made a really nice play. Yes. The other one was incomplete, but way better than a sack. Yeah, the play where he spun out of the pocket yeah. and then threw it like 20, 30 yards down the field, yeah. that was a fantastic play. Yeah. He had one more like that, but it went incomplete early on. Um, and I liked his instincts for stepping up in the pocket and then deciding to take off. Mm-hmm. He took off and scored a touchdown yeah. and got a first down early on as well, just from kind of seeing, oh, there's nobody right in front of me. I might as well take these 10 yards. Yeah, I One think, of them turned into a touchdown. Yeah, I think that's honestly one of the most exciting things about him this season is just he really does kind of have that dual threat ability where he doesn't really look to run first but man he, he's got some some speed and he's a good athlete and he can definitely like just run for a 30-yard touchdown um if if that space is there one thing that is still kind of frustrating for me is the play calling and i wonder if i just need to get over it and like this is this is what it is this is what a coach drinkwitz eli drinkwitz def- or offense is um Yep, producer Cameron, what you got Confetti there? Confetti falling. Sorry, I just trying to hit record before it starts. Oh, uh, NFL game kicking off. <laughs> um, the play calling is frustrating to see how many throws are behind the line of scrimmage. Yes. And then, but they'll flip a switch when they need to and just go get yards. Yeah, like at, at the end of the first half. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, we were talking about that in the game was, you know, when they just needed to have some normal passing plays to just get chunk yardage to get in field goal range, they just did it. They just marched right down the field. They found Barrett Bannister or Towski Dove. It was just like, oh, yeah, he's streaking across the field wide open. Like, let's utilize this play calling. But And Cook looked really good doing it. Exactly. I mean, they, at that last drive at the end of the first half, they were running a play where – and they ran it twice in a row and got the exact same result. Yeah. There's, a, like, a deep – uh, a deep receiver uh 
Dove was kind of an intermediate route, and then there was an underneath guy. And Cook had all three options, and he hit the wide open guy both times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I kind of mentioned it earlier, but uh, there was one play in particular where uh, it was just a, a completely sideways pass. Excuse me. Wow. Uh, just like choked on uh, spit, you know, yeah. saliva. It happens yeah. sometimes. It happens every once in a while. Producer Cameron threw us <laughs> off with that. Uh, yeah, I'm just all out of whack now. Yeah. Uh, just a completely lateral pass all the way across the field. Like it wasn't like a short little quick pass. I mean, it was like in the air for what felt like an eternity. Yeah. And Luther Burden made a really nice play on it, kind of fought off the cornerback um, and, and was able to get a few yards out of it. But, man, if that is a better corner, a little quicker – I just think that's a that's just a pick six, yeah. easy, easy pick six. Just just lofted it sideways across the field, and that scares me because I just feel like it's going to happen at it, some point. It is. It's going to happen this year. Just yeah. but just care, just count on it. Yeah. And at least once this year, they're going to get house called by doing that. Yeah, I would say the best probability is going to be in one of these early SEC games. Yeah. Against Georgia or Florida. Exactly. One when they're kind of like yeah. a little bit jittery, those first few snaps or yeah. whatever. You think you got an easy throw, and it's just going the other way. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. The play calling is a little bit of a concern to me, and I don't want to freak out yet. No. But I just feel like in year three, like if, if it was something different, we'd know by now. So I was a little bit reassured on a rewatch. They were taking shots to Luther Burden, and it just wasn't quite happening. I think I counted four times. There was pretty deep throws to Luther Burden that went incomplete. Um, one, he almost got one-handed. Um, that was almost an amazing catch. There was another one early on that was underthrown and probably should have been an interception. Mm-hmm. And if it's just thrown, you know, a little bit deeper, it's a touchdown. Yeah, Brady definitely I kind of struggled on a few of those deeper throws. And I know he has it in him. I've seen him do it. And yeah. especially in the spring game, he had some really nice throws. I'm hoping that he kind of can develop over. I mean, we th- he has so little experience playing in real yeah. games. I think we're going to have to cut him some slack. But um, I will certainly hope that that's something that he improves on in, in the year. But, I, I, again, I'm with you. I was excited to see them just consistently go back to Luther Burden over and over and just let him make plays. He finished the game with three catches for just 17 yards um, and a touchdown. And one of the most impressive touchdowns I – that yeah. I've seen in a long time. Right there in front of us. Yeah. Um, there's been a, like a snapshot going around of the moment he catches the ball. There's like basically a guy on him and then like three more defenders between him and the goal line. Mm-hmm. And it's just like been captioned yeah. like this play resulted in a touchdown. Yeah. It was, was really ridiculous. impressive. Man, it's just it's so crazy to see just those elite athletes playing for Mizzou like it just seems like we haven't really had one of those you know athletic wide receivers that'll just you know shake somebody off or or you know whatever and uh cut shake a couple defenders or we've had it in the in the backfield we've had it with Tyler Beatty and Larry Roundy where they're making some of these wow plays they're just making plays but yeah yeah, it was it was awesome to see and I think Dominic Lovett's got that ability too so Mm -hmm. to have both of those guys um is exciting um Burden also had three rushes for 26 yards and another touchdown. They're doing that Debo Samuel with him a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for Just it. Get him the ball. Absolutely. Um, and I thought that was a good way to work him in to get him comfortable. His first touch was a wildcat direct snap mm-hmm. run play yep. uh, just to the open side of the field. And if he was going to make that into something, it was gonna he was going to have to make the first guy miss because yep. he had no blockers on that side of the field, mm-hmm. and he made it happen. It yeah. looked really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we obviously know this about him, but just seeing his his rare combination of like size and speed in real life, it's just man. There's no that's no surprise why this guy is hard to bring down. He's yeah. just a, he's just a beast. And there's something there. There's this this like I don't know your ability to not get tackled in the open field. Mm-hmm. It it's almost not it's not quite like speed or you know. There's this other factor. Yeah that you can't quite quantify where he's just hard to bring down. And we saw that over and over again. Um, it was it was really close to a huge day for him if some of those deeper passes had connected. Yeah, yeah those will hit for sure at some point. And that one touchdown, like he could have, you know, one of the best wide receiver careers of any Mizzou player ever. And that 
that touchdown where he breaks several tackles will be right there on his all-time highlight reel. Yep. Yeah, he had one one mishap in the second half where he uh, had a ball hit him right in the hands and kind of went up in the air and got intercepted. But, you know, that could have honestly potentially been another touchdown if he would have caught that because he was kind of in stride and yeah. it was in the red zone and everything. But yeah, yep, it's going to happen. That's, yep. Brady might have thrown it a little too hard, too. It was kind of a – it was like a 10-yard pass. He threw yeah. it pretty hard, so – yeah, you gotta you gotta come down with that, or at least not uh, bat it into the air where it's an easy pick. But yeah. that's uh, he's I'd rather it happen. Still against, a true freshman. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather him get it out of his system against Louisiana Tech. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Uh, looking at the running backs as we kind of go through the offense, um, they were really trying to make Schrader a thing, and he had some good plays, but. Uh, just to run through the running back stats for the three co-starters, uh, Schrader was out there first. He had 17 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Nathaniel Pete had eight carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. And Elijah Young had three carries for 34 yards. Yeah. So efficiency-wise, you know. uh, Schrader a step below. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pete and Young both had, I mean, Young three carries, but yeah. he averaged... 11 yards per carry yeah and uh pete had one really big run where he scored and that was really impressive yeah he looked really good i'd like to see uh, a little bit more of him going forward for sure i think he's the best back we have right now yeah i would agree with that um anything else for the mizzou offense before we move on uh yeah just like a couple of notes um Missouri was really bad in the red zone last year. That was kind of one thing that we've talked about wanting to see them improve. Uh, they, I mean, they score 52 points, but they still had two pretty big turnovers in the red zone. Obviously yep. we just talked about one was the interception off of Luther Burden's hands. And then the other one was a fumble from Tyler Stevens. He kind of got that little shuffle pass up the middle, that kind of Travis Kelsey shuffle pass yeah. um, and got de- decent yardage with it, but just got hit once and fumbled. And I think that's his, his first touch as a Missouri Tiger. So yeah. it, he did kind of redeem himself with a, with a nice catch later in the game, but you just can't put that ball on the ground. And in a closer game, that's just absolutely backbreaking. Yeah. It kind of, I mean, at least for me personally, it was like, okay, let's, we don't need the tight ends uh, this year, you know, playing too big of a role. Let's leave that up to the wide receivers and the running backs if we have to yeah it's like if you like you've got an opportunity here to just cement yourself as the guy at tight end and i don't think anybody um at that position showed that they're ready for it unfortunately yeah hopefully the uh, first game jitters and stuff like that get behind them mm-hmm. and we can see some production from that spot and it did get better yeah it's uh, very it, it can't get worse than touch the ball once fumble it right yeah it's a young offense i think they'll improve um let's see uh defensively if you think of anything offensively just throw it in there but defensively missouri i thought okay so there's there's two things happening here they looked really good almost every play except three yep they had three huge touchdown plays one of them super late like less than a minute left in the game but those three plays accounted for 176 of 347 total offensive yards for louisiana tech so basically half their yardage came in three plays just a few yards over half their yards and um obviously those three plays still happened and they you know they were touchdowns and that was not good defense on those three plays but when you we talked about it in the preview they want a lot of possessions so that they can break off one or two of these in a game yeah and i think if you're if you're sunny cumbie in louisiana tech you're almost counting on three plays at least mm-hmm. per game that are big explosive plays like that and they yeah. might not all go for touchdowns but i think all things considered missouri limiting them to th- basically only three explosive plays all game and um, really hemming them in every step of the way outside of those. I was impressed. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to play, I mean, this is almost too ridiculous to say, but I mean, if you want to play the what if game, I mean, Missouri had two backbreaking turnovers in the red zone. They gave up 
two or three plays, and one of you know, one of which was in garbage time. I mean, this game was really close to just being even way more of a discrepancy yeah. score wise if Missouri just capitalizes, you know, a couple times or doesn't make those like terrible mistakes. But um, you know, I we we did talk about how we felt like Missouri's offense would probably get what they wanted in this game, and sometimes that has kind of a psychological effect on the defense where every once in a while when you know your offense can just get what they want you can fall asleep a little bit and we I mean that happens on the NFL level Mm -hmm. I mean teams with good offenses sometimes just don't have good defenses because psychologically we know Patrick Mahomes is going to score when he wants to you know Um, that kind of thing so and that's exactly what happened it just kind of looked like uh, Missouri safeties fell asleep on a couple plays just you know bit on a route and got exposed a little bit and I think that's stuff that you can clean up and um, for the most part, they were really, really good. And um, w- when we previewed this defense a few weeks ago, you know, and, and we've only played one game, but, you know, we were getting excited about everybody kind of on an individual level, just looking at the, these athletes, looking at what they're capable of and what their ceilings are and kind of their aggressive style and nature. And I think we really saw that um, play out pretty accurately, um, at least in the first game against Louisiana Tech, forcing three turnovers, really just – they looked so athletic and were flying around the field and were really fun to watch. Really um, solid tackling as yes. well. Oh, yeah, man. They were great in tackling in space and just looked like they were the SEC team in the matchup, and that was exciting. Yeah, I wanted to specifically spotlight the the whole secondary. Now, um, uh, not to be overly negative here, but on the first huge broken play um, where Louisiana Tech scored a touchdown, I know Jelani Williams was one of the safeties in on that play. Obviously, he's not one of the starters. I I don't remember who was alongside him. Probably Carlisle, potentially. But, you know, potentially, if uh, you've got all your starters in there, that doesn't happen. But you need to be able to rely on, you know. On your depth. Everybody on the two deep to be able to make the play. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought overall, the secondary really impressed me, especially with their uh, the big plays and that's another thing we nailed in the preview was that this looks like a defense that's going to be good for a couple of these um splash plays whether it's an interception or a forced fumble or yeah. just a huge stop uh like pass breakup or something the secondary is going to be responsible for a lot of plays like that this year i think yeah it's really opportunistic and aggressive yeah i thought chris abrams drain lived up to uh the hype he was played a near perfect game i felt like uh, Carlisle obviously did maybe was the the culprit of a couple of at least one of those big touchdown plays but overall I think you know he's he's an NFL safety I think he, he played really well a super physical uh, uh, Joseph Charleston had a pick six played a really good game even outside of that pick six yeah. man he's he's a really really good player and uh, yeah they they lived up to the hype for sure the secondary is that like hyper aware of tipped passes yeah and that's got to come from the coaching I think mm-hmm. because that's where uh, Carlisle has gotten interceptions in the past. And even though um, there was a penalty that overturned it, but still Charleston made the heads up play to find the tipped ball and make an interception. That was amazing. Uh, ended up, there was pass interference on a different player on that play, but he still made the play that uh, the, the type of play that we're talking about. Yep. Um, I also thought um, Tyron Hopper was everything we hoped he would be at least yeah. for one game so far Yeah, he looked like maybe the best player uh in a mizzou uniform this past week for sure he's yeah like you said he was just everything we hoped that he would be he, he was, had an interception and a sack i think as, yeah. as well as just you know um yeah i think he had eight or nine tackles yeah. just was all over the place um always where he needed to be and just a ball hawk um newcomers in general just yeah that's charleston what I was say. hopper jernigan had a sack yeah um, who am I missing? I don't know. We saw we saw pretty much everybody. DJ Coleman was in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Christian Williams. Uh, a lot. Lots of new faces that all I thought played really really well. Yeah, I would say this is being a little overly critical, especially considering it was the secondary that that gave up the big plays pretty much every time. Um, we didn't see a lot out of the defensive ends, but I think they just did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got the ball out pretty quick, typically. That's, that's what true. It felt like. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Louisiana Tech um, ran the ball 22 times for 11 yards. Now that stat is factoring in sacks as well. 
But if you take out the sacks and just look at running backs, they rush the ball 16 times for 27 yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, that's just the number one takeaway, I think, for the defense. You know, they played aggressively and and were really trying to take advantage of opportunities, but they also were just super consistent and really smart and stayed in the gaps and just they figured out at least, you know, I feel like if this, if last year's Mizzou team was playing on Thursday night, they still give up 100 plus rushing yards. They just, there was clearly something massively and incredibly wrong especially early in the season even against terrible teams they were just getting gashed and this team was all business they've got it figured out and people were not out of position people knew exactly what they wanted what they were trying to do and uh, we went from 124th out of 131 teams in rushing last year to being the number one rushing you know team yeah number one rushing defense after week one so you know and louisiana tech basically had to abandon the run at some point when they fell behind and you know they want to be throwing the ball all around the field yep and that wasn't really working for them either so sure not it was a recipe for yes for defense shut them down and when the offense kind of gave them an early lead they were able to do what they needed to do yeah they took that away and that's a huge and that'll be what i think is kind of a theme in the kansas state game that we're going to talk about but getting up early was it was big in this game just making them throw the ball um before we move on to kansas state offensive line play uh, what did you think? Uh, it's a little sus, a uh, little, little, uh, little suspect at times, and uh, I mean that again. That's I mean we got a freshman center who's kind of gotten thrown in there, and uh, we've got a right tackle that normally probably wouldn't be playing if people were healthy, and so yeah, it's a hodgepodge of guys, but you know, and there's some questionable plays, but overall I thought they played okay. Room, room for improvement for sure. Okay, so is that a little much of a too much rambling for you no 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 okay a little room for improvement yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no no no. i thought i was just i was just trying to be uh not too negative yeah yeah okay you know room for improvement yeah i hear you um all right so overall good win we were happy about it it was a great atmosphere thank you columbia for another enjoyable trip now we move on to week two and um i saw a depth chart online i don't know it the one i saw was exactly the same as week one i may have been looking at a picture of the week one depth chart for all i know there has been no news about the depth chart other than uh the chance looper news he would have normally been starting last week and this week but Mm -hmm. that's not happening um other than that looks like everything's the same depth chart wise I watched Coach Drinkwitz, um, like, preview press conference for Kansas State. He didn't mention any big changes. Um, One thing that is different are the uniforms that Missouri's going to be wearing this week. They got the block M on the helmet with a little gold outline. Mm -hmm. And their jerseys have a big Mizzou across the front Mm -hmm. that is new. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it looked really good. I like uh, breaking out. Bringing out the block in for uh, an old Big 12, Big 8 even opponent. It was confusing me, though, because I uh, they didn't, like, emphasize that in the video that they put out. But it's just, like, Mizzou, just huge letters. Yeah, and yeah I, thought, I thought it looked cool. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the home black jersey just has a little tiger head right uh, below the neck and yeah. doesn't say Mizzou on the front no, at all. I don't think so. Yeah, I thought it was a, a nice addition. Interesting. All right, Kansas State is 1-0 after beating FCS South Dakota, 34-0. Of course, they have quarterback Adrian Martinez, who transferred from Nebraska. Uh, He, in their week one win, he threw the ball 15 times for 53 yards. Yeah, that was a pretty surprising stat line. 11 11 for 15, I think, for 53 yards. Exactly, yes. Um, Running back Deuce Vaughn, their best player, on offense, at least, uh, he ran the ball 18 times for 126 yards and a touchdown. Um, I think overall in that South Dakota game, they did what they needed to do. Yeah. The offense didn't look incredible. They scored 34 points, but they didn't look incredible. The defense was super solid, though. They obviously oh, yeah. they shut them out. They had that game under control pretty for sure. much the whole time, even though the offense was sputtering a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know the the starters played well into the second half. They, I mean, you could, I guess, you could say they put them away. But um, I, yeah, I don't know that this offense is super explosive. And you know, Deuce Vaughn is certainly a threat. 
uh, last year he had 230. Yes. I thought of one thing. Go right uh, ahead. Abraham came in late in garbage time for Mizzou in week one. Did that surprise you? Uh, not really. Okay. It's kind of like, yeah. Do you think he comes in? Brady Cook goes down Apparently, mid yeah. game. I, I He's think the guy. So. Yeah. Sounds Seems like, like it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, last year, uh, Kansas State's running back Deuce Vaughn had uh, 235 rushes for 1,400 yards and 18 touchdowns. That's not bad. Also, 49 receptions for nearly 500 yards and, and more and four more touchdowns. So, I mean, that's uh, pretty comparable with what Tyler Beatty did last year. Maybe just a couple, uh, a couple hundred less rushing yards and more receiving yards than Tyler Beatty had last year. So, and he's like five six 182 like he is a tiny running back but he's he's a really really smart runner coach drink directly compared him to tyler Beatty in the press conference yeah. and um he was asked if you know if literally his size presents any issues for the defense with like how they tackle or anything and he said no and we know how to tackle and he said going up against tyler Beatty in practice has prepared us somewhat for this ma- this type of matchup makes sense um they do they run a lot of read option with martinez yeah he's a good um, runner so that scares me immediately yeah. just uh incredible running back plus a mobile quarterback with read option uh i still i don't have the memories from last year mizzou rush defense have not left my mind I understand so and it was Louisiana Tech in week one. So until we see them be okay against a decent rushing attack, I'm I think I'm afraid I'm still gonna be a little bit skeptical. Yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll have some chunk plays. Martinez is a very capable runner. He ran for thirty nine yards and a touchdown last week. So he's he's like Brady Cook, very much has the ability to just tuck it and run or uh, kind of exploit us in the option game for sure. And Deuce Vaughn, I mean, he just gets so much attention, and, I mean, they give him the ball a lot. So the random quarterback run can definitely take you by surprise. Um, I feel like what they're going to want to do is establish the run, control the clock, um, try to keep the ball out of Missouri's offense hands. and Yeah, long drives. Yep, just lean on the run. I think, I think we're going to see – I wouldn't be surprised if Martinez only throws the ball 15 times again this game. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was going to ask you, what is your reaction to that that line from last week? Are they just kind of trying to keep things vanilla, or is that just really how they're going to use Martinez all year? I think a little bit of both. Um, I'm sure they would love to be more dynamic on offense, but I think also they know what they have with Martinez. They know his strengths. They know his tendency to you know, make just an awful mistake and it turn into a a turnover and they're probably watching mizzou capitalize on quarterback mistakes in week one and know that this defense is going to try to make big plays like that so let's just limit if you're kansas state let's limit those opportunities by keeping the ball on the ground and leaning on your incredible offensive line and your two playmakers that can run the ball mm-hmm. yeah um and it helps your defense out too mm-hmm yeah, yeah. I think the the offense they're just gonna they're just gonna do what they do. I think it's gonna be on the ground a lot. Their their defense, I would describe it as probably not as athletic or like high flying as Mizzou's is, but probably more consistent and super solid. And yeah. they've got a uh, probably potentially a first round NFL talent at end. And I'm gonna pretend, I'm gonna say his name. It's All gonna, right, let's I'm hear it. I'm just gonna really just go for it. Yep. His name is Felix Anadike Uzama. And he is a beast. Yeah. And you know, Missouri plays in the SEC. They go. That's what they said in their in their press conference this week. Is we go against NFL players all the time. Uh, but I mean, this guy it demands attention. And I mean, he was breaking through double teams for sacks last week. I mean, he he has put up some an ama- amazing numbers. And he was like a five. He was like a low three star player coming out of high school. So um, just kind of a no nonsense guy who's turned into a, an incredible player for Kansas State. Kansas State runs an interesting three-man front on defense. Yeah. So they've got a nose tackle and two ends, basically. Yeah, even... But they're still able to do it. Yeah, and that's what makes him so valuable is they're able to drop an extra guy back because he just... It's almost like having two guys, Mm -hmm. you know, rushing, and he's just such a dominant force, so... I don't remember the nose tackle's name off the top of my head, but he's really good as well. For sure. And um, it'll be interesting to see how... I don't remember 
an Eli Drinkwitz team going up against a defense that only puts three down linemen. Yeah. Uh, so obviously they will be, will be have working on that this entire time, but mm-hmm. um, that's a different look that uh, it would be interesting to see how Missouri holds up with that. I got to think that SEC offensive line will be able to handle it better than South Dakota did. For sure. Yeah. Javon uh, Foster, um, he's like I mentioned earlier, is the guy who's going to be uh, going up against Felix all game, and so he's he's got a big job on his hands. He was the he's the he's a captain, and he was he's, in the uh, uniform. He's who you want reveal with that week. job. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Missouri's offense in this one, I um, I hope they can get something going on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, they need the running backs to be able to produce to relieve the pressure uh, off of Brady Cook a little bit. Yeah, especially on a three down lineman. Like you've got to take advantage of that if you can yeah got to be able to get uh, you know good third down situations yeah and um you know no turnovers in the red zone would be really nice that would be nice yeah i, I think this has the potential to be a pretty ugly game uh you know missouri a, missouri, a young missouri offense is still kind of trying to figure out the kinks a little bit um and a great kansas state defense at least it looks like it's going to be great so far and uh I would say in week one, Missouri's defense looked better than its offense. Right, yeah. And, you know, Kansas State's offense, I would say, is probably their weakness right now. And Missouri's defense is probably their strength. So it's got it's some some interesting matchups, especially, like, with how much Kansas State wants to run. Like, this just could be a low-scoring, ugly game. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know, struggle, I don't know what the line is, but maybe take the under. The <laughs> line, the over-under is set at 56 I just think seems a little it seems high, high to me. and Kansas State well last I saw was favored by eight and a half which I think sounds high as well I had I found them at seven and a half so yeah somewhere Came right around a little there. bit yeah, yeah definitely they more than a touchdown yeah um we're getting into prediction territory so I'll go for it I am right there with you I think a, a low scoring um ugly game we're probably going to see some turnovers for both teams we want to just have one fewer turnover than Kansas State, and I think we're in pretty good shape. It's really hard to go on the road and win. I know everybody wants to see this game in the win column for Mizzou. It's definitely possible. We have to see the offense establish some rhythm. We gotta, I say, let's get Brady Cook uh, running the ball a little bit more potentially if we have to. Whatever it takes on offense just to score a few points to keep us in this one, I think. It'll come down to the very end, I, but I've got Kansas State winning twenty-four to twenty. That's exactly the the score I was going to say. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, I agree. It's really tough to win on the road. Uh, I kind of wish this game was a little bit later in the season. Um, they should have played this. Uh, they should have played this at Arrowhead. That'd be cool. Um, Missouri did not play well on the road, really, in the Drinkwitz era at all. That so far they have not played well on the road. Um, like I said earlier, uh, this offense, I think, is going to struggle mightily in this game. If they can get up early, if they can score on their first drive, I think that, you know, or I don't know, maybe even getting up 10 points early could just cause some huge problems for Kansas State because I just don't – I don't think they want to run. and or I don't think they want to pass. And I yeah. think they could keep running even if they were down yeah. by a couple scores. And so – I just think it's so important that Missouri scores early in this game, get up early, and make Kansas State uncomfortable, make them do things they don't want to do on offense. Um, If they play this game 10 times, I think Missouri wins 40% of the time, and I think this is going to be one of those times. So I think Missouri wins 27-24. And they just get that one more touchdown. I think they just are going to – I think they're just going to score – uh, early and be able to just kind of outlast them, and they're going to slow down Deuce Vaughn enough to uh, enough to get the win. Uh, is is uh, this is ridiculous? I mean, it may really make you give detailed predictions here. Okay, but are you imagining a situation where Missouri's down twenty four to twenty, and they go have a game winning drive to make it twenty seven twenty four? Nope, I think they are going to be up going into the fourth and uh, and hold the lead, and it's going to be really nerve wracking, and they're going to be able to hold it off. Dang. 27-24. Okay. You like it? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I I feel like the only, I feel like Missouri is winning this game with a game-winning drive if okay. it, if it happens. Well, I, I'll take it how I can get it. That's true. I agree with you there. Yeah, th- I mean this is just a huge game, man. Like uh the way college football is it's just 
if you if you lose an early game of the season, I mean, you just people fall off the bandwagon sometimes. You just have to win these games, like where it's like a kind of a toss-up game against a similar ranked opponent. Yeah, this is the difference between this right here is the difference between six and six and seven and five potentially. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Kansas State I think was they received some votes in the polls. Mm-hmm. I think they were like the ninth team out of they were like ninth team and like others receiving votes. So they're sniffing around the top 25. Yeah. I think it's two potentially underrated teams. Yeah. And uh, both fan bases hate Kansas. That's true. Um, Kansas State's kind of been wilding on Twitter, though. They've, they're, that's know, true. They've they been need to kind of frustrating. Reel um, that in a little bit. Yeah. Let's, Let's calm down. F- you know, remember who the real enemy is they're, here. Well, they do not like Coach Drinkwitz because that's of true. the yeah. recruiting stuff that happened this summer with Joshua Manning yeah. flipping him. Yeah. And then they were kind of doing a little showboating on Twitter, which is fine. But Kansas State fans were not very happy about that. Yeah. So. And Coach Drink is the type of guy that other teams are not going to like. He is. He has that that about him for yeah. sure and well they're gonna hate him even more when we march down to manhattan and beat him this weekend sounds good to me let's, let's make it happen um anything else before we pick some games that's it all right so the people's champion uh jd i think did pretty well for the patreon guest pickers last week uh maybe producer cameron maybe you uh were right there with them i think you got an upset correct kyle and i i think maybe picked all the same Maybe, games. just maybe, I squeaked one out this week. All right, let's hear it. All right, so Cameron and Kyle both got eight points. The Patreon guest pickers got 10 points, and I got 12 points. Ooh, how were you able to do that? Uh, both the games I picked differently from you were upset games, Florida over Utah mm. and Florida State over LSU. Okay, congratulations. Yeah. All right, what do we got this week? All right, game one this week is number one, Alabama at Texas. Alabama is a 20-point favorite. Battle of the brands. That's insane. Imagine, like, Imagine just tell, a, that to somebody, tell like, a Texas fan, like, yeah, you're going to be a 20-point underdog at home. Yeah. I kind of love that. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, give me Alabama. Yep. Oh, and who's our Patreon picker this week? Oh, Tristan. Tristan, Tristan, welcome aboard. And Tristan picks Alabama. Wow. Homer. Yeah. Already, South Carolina at number 16, Arkansas. Arkansas is an eight-point favorite. If you eh, – Arkansas at home. If you want to say Arkansas is fraudulent this year, this would be a game to pick. But I, Except I think South Carolina is the most fraudulent team in <laughs> okay. the SEC potentially as All far right. as like their, their expectations. Give me Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. I'd be pretty tempted to pick South Carolina if that game was yeah. uh, there. Arkansas yeah. all around. Okay. Also, I don't know if I said I pick Alabama. I, just so oh, okay. I thought you might. Okay. Just, just in case. I thought you might. <laughs> Already number twenty-three, Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Wake Forest is a twelve and a half point favorite. Vanderbilt has looked not bad in two games. Right. They destroyed Hawaii and they yeah. beat somebody else. True. Oh, uh, man. I don't know. I think uh, Vanderbilt could give them a game, but I just got to go Wake Forest. Man, I wish I knew a little bit more about Wake Forest. I'll take Wake Forest. 23rd in the country. What's Tristan doing? Wake Forest. Mm. You can do it. Tempting. Tempting. Sure. Vanderbilt. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nice. The How's SEC was so good in week one. How does it feel to know your fate rests in the hands of the Vanderbilt? Commodores? I believe in them. I believe in them. Okay. This is uh, this is Vanderbilt season. Good I answer. Think. Good answer. Um, every SEC team won except LSU, mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Kelly's a loser. Brian Kelly was getting absolutely dunked on yes. on Twitter, and it was amazing. And I hope they lose every game that he coaches. That's probably not going to happen, but it could. They're it's one hundred percent so far. Yep. Already, <laughs> Appalachian State at number six, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 19-point favorite. A&M looked kind of fraudulent last week, and Appalachian State should have won. That was an insane mm-hmm. game against what, who was North Carolina or yeah. somebody. They they both were in like the 60s. Uh, Appalachian State's just crushed from that though. 
Yeah, so they are. Yeah, they're, they're feeling down. down. And there were like three games that were really close last week, and the team that ended up losing, but was probably the underdog, was oh. at home. Hmm. Like it was at Appalachian State. I don't remember the other games, but yeah. Uh, uh, Texas A&M kind of just always looks fraudulent, and then they are end up uh, they're a top five team, and then they'll beat Alabama or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I guess I gotta go. Al- uh, I gotta go uh, A&M. A&M. I tried to pick Alabama, and they're not even playing. <laughs> I'll take A&M. Everybody A&M. A&M all around. All right, number twenty-four Tennessee at number seventeen Pitt. Here we go. Tennessee is a six and a half point favorite. Give me Pitt. Really? I'll take it. Okay, Tennessee for sure. Take those easy points. I'll take Tennessee. What was it? Eight eight point favorites? Six and a half. That's hogwash. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little that's uh I bet they win by twelve. Oh my gosh. Okay. Tristan takes Pitt. Ooh. Ooh. Give me those points. Yeah, he's gotta pick against the Vols for sure. Yeah. The balls. Vols, balls. Okay. Number twenty. Do you have a preference? No. <laughs> number 20, Kentucky, at number 12, Florida. Florida is a six-point favorite. Give me Kentucky. Okay. Florida beat well, looks pretty good. future college football playoff uh, team, Utah. <laughs> uh, is Utah fraudulent? No. Okay. Mm, they um, just didn't play so good. Florida quarterback, uh, like – Really, really good. What was his name? An- Anthony Richardson? Yes. Something like that? Yeah, he looked f- phenomenal. Yeah. Makes you wonder why he wasn't playing last year. But Yeah. Old Dan Mullet. Yeah. He and uh, Damian Pierce, like, what are they, what's he doing? I have what no they, idea. What were they doing? Yeah. You have a, like, starting NFL running back and a really good quarterback, and you just go in a different direction with your offense. Okay. Well, we remember we talked about how he wanted to take his buyout and run. So, that's true. Okay, so we yeah we agree on that. We came around on that. That makes sense. Um, who's favored? Florida by six. And they're at home. Yes. And you're taking Kentucky. Yes. You already think Kentucky's fraudulent, so yeah. Go ahead and pick Florida. Yeah, I'll go ahead and pick Florida for the brand. What did Tristan do? Florida. Uh, I'll take Kentucky. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, San Jose State at Auburn. Auburn is a 23-point favorite. I'll take Auburn. I'll do the same. Same. And same for Tristan. Mississippi State at Arizona. Mississippi State is a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. Arizona must be bad. I don't know anything about Arizona. 10-point underdog at home? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah, I'll take the uh, I'll take the air raid offense of Mississippi State. Yeah, I guess I'll take Mississippi State. Mississippi State all around. Huh. Ten point. That Mississippi State ranked in the top twenty five? No. Huh. Arizona must be bad. Must be. Sounds like it. That's that. Oh, uh, what about Nebraska? Do they play? Uh you didn't put them on the thing. <laughs> I assume because it's like a D whatever. I, I don't what I don't think I around? are they is it They're an FCS another opponent? One? Georgia Southern. What are they? I don't know. Terrible. Yeah. We probably should have picked it, though. Well, Tristan can't. What kind of schedule is that? They're playing all just FCS teams now? I guess. Georgia Southern might not be. foreshadowing where they're going to be in five years in the FCS? Sunbelt? Sunbelt's not FCS. Okay. What's the line? Do you have that? It is 23 and a half. Okay. Give, okay. Me, give me Nebraska if we're picking it. Yeah. Yeah. So is Tristan. Okay. I mean, we can ask him before. True. All right. Good luck out there on the gridiron, all the picks, and let's go Mizzou. We need the offense to show yeah. up. Yeah. Big, big game right here. Yep. Hey, we can still we can lose this game and still win the SEC East. So That's true. We've done that before. Pulling Indiana. Yeah. Um... Anything else? No. Good luck, uh, everybody playing fantasy football, except you Thank and you. you. I hope you lose. Thank you. And Tim, because I'm playing him I in the podcast will. league. Yeah, I probably will.
Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Louis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, and Brandon Hanks. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our T-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. You just kissed that? A yeah. tender, loving kiss yeah. peck? Yeah. After a win. <laughs>